आवाज.com दिस इज द मॉर्निंग ब्रीफ फ्रॉम द इकोनॉमिक टाइम्स प्रोड्यूस्ड इन कोलैबोरेशन विद आवाज.com लास्ट मंडे इंडिया वोक अप ऑन एन अपबीट नोट एज वी स्टार्टेड द सेकंड फेज ऑफ वैक्सीनेशन ड्राइव अगेंस्ट कोविड-19 सिटीजेंस अबव द एज ऑफ 60 एंड दोस अबव 45 बट विद कोमोर्बिडिटीज could now take the jab we were preparing for this day for months but were we prepared ask anyone who tried to get the vaccine on monday and the short reply is likely to be it was a mess social media was abuzz with disgruntled citizens and there were issues in getting registered and getting slots some who went to the hospitals with confirmed slots said the hospitals were not even ready The vaccination drive has been fraught with deficiencies in communication and in execution. What is making things more difficult is that some degree of hesitancy among people still persists. Vaccinating a billion people is a tall order. But could we have done more to make the process smoother? And what next? How far are we from a COVID-free India? In this episode, we find out all this and more. From the Economic Times, I'm Rachita Prasad, and you are listening to the Morning Brief. Our first guest today is Dr. Harsh Mahajan, founder and chief radiologist at Mahajan Imaging. Dr. Mahajan is also the senior vice president of Healthcare Foundation of India, NatHealth, and he has been a part of the government discussions on COVID testing and vaccination. Our second guest is Nidhi Sharma from the Economic Times. Nidhi has been closely tracking the government's initiatives for controlling the spread of COVID-19 and the vaccination drive. With her ear to the ground, she has broken some important stories on the matter. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning, Nidhi. Good morning, Rachita. Morning, Rachita. Great to have you on this episode. Let me start with uh, you, Nidhi. like i said before anecdotally we know there were a lot of teething issues when the second vaccination drive started i mean on day 1 most people went on the covin app for registration and found out later that it could only be done through the portal i myself struggled to even get my parents registered and uh, could not get a slot in fact on wednesday my parents took a shot and no pun intended there and tried walking in uh, for an appointment and they managed to get a jab but after waiting for many hours because the online systems had glitches there things seem to be getting better but why did we have so many technical issues even after the government upgraded the portal i mean one would believe that uh, we were planning for this for months what's being done to streamline this and how will it work out nidhi Rachita yes you're right so it was all fraught with a lot of glitches so there were two parts to what india did over the weekend last weekend saturday and sunday uh, india switched from covin 1.0 to covin 2.0 so from a system which was a really uh, supply based we changed to demand based system where uh, people were doing their own self registration and then uh, walking in and getting or scheduling their appointments so here what happened was over the uh, covin 1.0 to covin 2.0 
little did government know that when they were shifting the entire database from say uh, everything from healthcare workers and frontline workers and then getting onboarding uh, senior citizens it would be completely jammed it did not expect that kind of traffic so things uh, completely came to a stand at around 12 uh, within hours of the government uh, opening the uh, portal on monday uh, yes could it have been uh, better managed so the technical part we wouldn't know because according to the government there were no glitches but yes people ran into problems there wasn't any uh, clear communication whether the people were supposed to uh, use covin app or covin uh, website now covin app was for administrators and the hospitals were mind you still using it for other purposes what were the other purposes were that they were trying to onboard all the data that they were receiving okay this person aadhar checked everything verified vaccinated so all this data does go to covin app even that gave problems on monday because they weren't able to keep pace with the number of people coming to the centers so nidhi clearly there was one problem with communicating what was being done but i mean government is saying that there were no technical glitches but bottom line is that as people who were struggling to get uh, an appointment we just couldn't get through with it even now even today even when now, i tried right, yeah right. even i tried it for uh, my parents and uh, in-laws i can't i can't see the list of uh, hospitals so this has been asked to the government uh, but the government is saying uh, there are no glitches so clearly something is amiss and we are still talking about the urban centers here we're not even talking about largely rural states uh, like uh, uh, chatisgarh madhya pradesh rajasthan where the government will still have to go to so far uh, inaccessible places where there are people uh, living there yes the covid situation has been definitely under control in say rural areas which even saw the influx of migrant laborers from the city going to going back to their uh, homes so the uh, covid situation was still better but still these people need to be vaccinated for which the government has proposed a cohort approach like uh, a camp kind of an approach but uh, even there it's going to be tough to because for them uh, increasing their uh, awareness and then taking this to the uh, rural areas we're still not talking about the rural areas we're still talking about cities because they are obviously more visible to us and we have a situation where the government is unable to vaccinate everybody who's turning up at the centers that's a very relevant point in fact one of the things uh, that uh, i came across a lot of people complaining that why are we only talking about the four metros uh, india is much more than the four metros and uh, the level of uh, uh, chaos was probably higher in some of the smaller towns doctor just stepping back from how the rollout is happening help me understand there's a lot of criticism about the list of comorbidities uh, that will determine the eligibility for covid-19 vaccination for people between 45 and 59 right now for instance obesity is not even listed as one of the comorbidities there are also concerns that uh, you know diabetes is not listed as a standalone comorbidity and it has to be in combination with another issue are there any gaps that need to be filled for the next round of vaccination the government has given a list of uh, 20 major comorbidities which would qualify a person between 45 and 59 years of age to be eligible to get the jab 
And uh, even though this is a very comprehensive list, it includes most of the cardiac ailments. It includes those who've had stroke, those who have lung diseases, uh, those who have serious kidney ailments, the uh, most of the those with cancer. But uh, there are some gaps. And uh, I'm sure the committee which actually uh, finalized these 20 uh, comorbidities would have gone into the details of that. Like uh, diabetes has to be more than 10 years or someone with diabetes less than 10 years but with a complication. Right. And similarly, uh, those with high blood pressure, hypertension who are on treatment so from that point of view, uh, it's not that these things have been disregarded. It's just that they've been fine-tuned or further qualified because, uh, you know, as you know, in India, uh, diabetes is rampant. And someone who has mild diabetes and uh, is controlled either on diet or on minor medication, if we were to include them along with those who have serious ailments, then the whole program would get diluted and probably those who need the jab more because they are immunocompromised or seriously uh, sick with uh, chronic diseases, they may get pushed back. To me, that seems to be the rationale for further qualifying. Now, even as far as obesity is concerned, we do know that those who are obese, if they get uh, uh, COVID-19, then the clinical outcomes are worse. Uh, here again, I'm, I'm sure some kind of fine-tuning has been done, but the, the government has said that this is the initial list that they've released. And I'm sure as more uh, feedback comes in, uh, there would be no problem in actually uh, uh, bringing in more disease entities which may have got missed out uh, into the fold. So basically what you are saying is that this was the government's way to prioritize the most high risk category of people and this could be expanded going ahead. Doctor, there was a lot of vaccine hesitancy among sections of doctors and healthcare workers. What was the reason for that? In fact, now many senior citizens who are eligible for the vaccine seem to be in the wait and watch mode. What would you tell them? See, let me go about it uh, in a systematic, point-wise manner. Point number one, these vaccines have been developed very, very fast. Generally, it used to take five to ten years to develop a vaccine. Here, we've got it under one year. So that is one reason why healthcare workers who know about uh, uh, disease, who know about vaccines, were hesitant in the beginning that is it up to the mark? Have corners been cut so that, you know, you can get it to the market as quickly as possible? After being assured by, uh, you know, scientists, developers and uh, uh, healthcare leaders across the world that no corners have been cut, it is through joint collaboration across continents, across countries, across institutions, that this time frame has been shortened dramatically, I think most of the healthcare workers were uh, uh, willing and able to understand that it is safe, it is efficacious, 
and that there has been no cutting of corners. Next came the fact that, uh, at least in our country, you know, for one of the vaccines, that's the Covaxin, it was actually given emergency use authorization right. even before the phase three trial had been completed. In fact, the phase three trial is on as we speak. So that again, you know, brought about a lot of questions as to what is the hurry. Uh, but the government on its part and the authorities who gave the emergency use authorization, they said that the phase one and phase two trials have been completed. And even though the numbers there are small, but they said that the results are very, very good. And actually, it has all now been published and we know that this is a very efficacious vaccine. So in the current context of the pandemic, the government said we want more and more production. We want more and more people to be uh, as quickly vaccinated as possible. And that's why we will not wait for final phase three trial data. Whatever phase three trial data is available based on that, number one, we are sure that it's safe. As you know, more than 1.5 crore Indians have had the jab and there has been really no serious side effect. There hasn't been a single death in 1.5 crore jabs and that's saying a lot. So it's absolutely safe and it's efficacious. And if we see the rush of people that we've seen in the last uh, uh, two days, uh, once the phase two of the rollout uh, started, it seems that India is overcoming the hesitancy, overcoming the initial fear, and uh, everyone is now very enthusiastic. So hesitancy, it would appear, looking at the numbers, that more than about a crore people have got registered uh, in, in two days, it would appear that we are moving from hesitancy to enthusiasm. And to those who are asking the questions, especially uh, uh, those in the 70 plus, 80 plus age group, a paper has come out about the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, which is Covishield, which says that it is really more than 90% effective in thwarting serious disease in the elderly, especially those above 80 years of age. So I would say each and every one in the elderly age group should very definitely take the jab. That's actually quite reassuring what you said. And also the prime minister himself took the jab, the homegrown co-vaccine. So one would hope that that should lift the sentiment uh, in general and people should have more faith in the vaccine. Doctor, obviously people are taking the vaccine and uh, there is obviously a lot of uh, hope and enthusiasm around it uh, because everybody is just ready to get out and believe that the world is back to normal. But this can be a very crucial phase. What are the things people who have already taken the vaccine need to keep in mind going ahead? That's a very important question. Someone who's had the vaccine should not feel that they are now, uh, uh, you know, they can live life as normal. You will still need to wear your mask and follow all the measures that we've been following, you know, COVID appropriate behavior, as it's called, hand hygiene, uh, not being in crowded places 
and uh, of course the mask is the most most important and a mask which is properly worn we need to remember that it takes a few weeks before the immunity from the vaccine is going to set in so especially in the first two weeks after the first jab is very crucial you are as much at risk as any other person and so if you're not careful you could get infected and in the beginning it may even be an infection which may be serious also one thing to remember that after you have the second jab and really two weeks after the second jab is when uh, you start getting good level of uh, antibodies uh, good protection but the protection we need to remember rachita and this is for all those who are hearing is against getting serious disease right it is not against getting infection so you can still be infected actually you will not get serious illness also you can transmit the infection to those in your family those around remember it's only uh, 60 plus who are being vaccinated or 45 plus who have comorbidities anyone younger is not getting vaccinated and they are at risk so even in your homes you have to be very very careful that you don't get infected because you can transmit the infection at the same time i may say there's new data that's coming in which says that if you've been vaccinated the possibility or the percentage of uh, uh, transmission that you can do does tend to fall so that reduces but still you can transmit to others so these are a few facts which uh, one needs to remember and we need to follow covid appropriate behavior for many months to come fair enough doc i have two quick questions to ask you which seem to be bothering a lot of people first being that uh, are these vaccines interchangeable if somebody has taken the first shot of covaxin can he, can he take a second shot of the other vaccine and the other question which a lot of people seem to be asking is uh, whether they can take the two shots in two different cities can you throw some light on that yes at the present point of time with the knowledge that we have if you've taken first shot of say covaxin then the second shot after 28 days should also be covaxin and if it's covishield it should be covishield fair enough this is non negotiable as things stand today of course there are trials which have started in the us where they are trying to mix and match but that data will come much later now regarding the fact that you had one jab in one city can you get another jab if you move to another city personally if you ask me i think yes that should be possible because this covid app is not region specific so i would like to add here rachita uh, the so when you schedule your appointment uh, they give you uh, and you get vaccinated on say day 1 uh, they automatically schedule your appointment on the same center uh, after 28 days okay but if you are traveling you can reschedule it closer to the date when you finally know and you can take it in another city 
but they ensure because they already have your data in the system so they ensure that uh, when you are looking at another city for that 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 center is specifically for say whatever your first uh, dose was be it covaxin or covishield that's very important information nidhi uh, like we discussed earlier a lot of people from smaller towns have complained about problems in getting the vaccine also there is a concern that some senior citizens may not be able to travel to vaccine centers at all You did a story earlier where the government said that they may allow vaccination at home. ET has also reported that all private hospitals will be allowed to give vaccines. How is the government planning to expand the reach and the scope of the drive? Yes, so when uh, the government started uh, its exercise of uh, for uh, this current phase, uh, they really needed the help of the private sector to scale up. so they the first thing that the government did was that they decided to include bmj ayushman bharat and panelled hospitals and cghs in panelled hospitals to which some states who weren't a part of pmj said that you know we have our state schemes like orissa uh, telangana uh, delhi um west bengal four states are not a part of pmj so they said we have our state schemes and the government said yes all right because we need to scale up and as long as the basic facilities are available in these hospitals uh, you can participate now uh, seeing the deluge at all these vaccination centers and um, you do see visuals on television the government has decided now that all private hospitals as long as they have uh, even if they are not uh, impaneled in the, under your state schemes all uh, uh, impa- um, all hospitals as long as they have basic facilities like cold storage um and uh, enough space uh, to have uh, 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 an observation room also because a person has to wait for 30 minutes in the, at the center as long as you can take care of these 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 basic things you can expand the drive to all private hospitals so this is a step to scale up your other question was uh, when does it come home so on the very first day there were um, the elderly people who had spouses who were bedridden right. and they couldn't take the spouses along because uh, and also the on day 1 and day 2 as we have seen the wait was very long hospitals even shut their doors after giving uh, tokens to uh, people uh, it became so unruly the crowd and everything so uh, the government might consider it later right now it it has its hands full it will be a paid service by the private hospitals is what we are given to understand uh, national health authority ceo in his interview to us mr haris sharma had said that this would be a paid service after we clear the you know uh, such a long queue of people we will come to uh, this thing and this is definitely on the table now uh, whether the government hospitals can send somebody to your home uh, remains to be seen nidhi the most important question and the most personal question hamara number kab aayega by when can we expect the vaccination to be open to all what will be the challenges for the government because we would be dealing with a significantly larger population yes i know <laughs> i'm waiting for that um so there are a lot of variables to this uh, one is obviously the the vaccines are on emergency use authorization um 
plus the we are looking at um, uh, you know a limited supply we don't want uh, a situation um, where we have inoculated x number of population and when you're looking to give them the second dose because india is still sticking to two dose schedule um, and that we don't have enough because we have international commitments as well so uh, the government is likely to go easy on this also depends on how many other vaccines can be included in our drive so uh, uh, the government expects to wrap up this current phase maximum by maybe september and in between the states have already started demanding that uh, you please open vaccination for uh, vaccines for private selling when i say private selling it obviously means that you and i can go and uh, go to a chemist buy that vaccine or it is available at the pharmacy of the hospitals um now that requires what kind of uh, you know legal uh, hurdles would that need to cross also remains to be seen because these are very extraordinary circumstances and uh, we need to see because there is anyways nothing called emergency use authorization in india we have borrowed this from us fda uh, terminology right. so when it depends on uh, how many other vaccines are um, included in our public immunization drive uh, what all gets approved and uh, the government's commitments so uh, we hope to hear the, about it soon Uh, it's march depends on what's the uptake of this phase which has just started are there any concerns about the availability of the vaccines the vials are there enough vials that can take care of us yes they have uh, about the funds i wouldn't uh, want to say because the very fact that the government didn't want to completely fund this uh, phase indicates that we are looking at uh, you know fund constraints uh, but um, availability there are no concerns as of now Before we end I have to ask one final question to Dr Mahajan. Doctor, will this drive be enough? Can people still get covid after getting vaccinated? And what about the new strains? Help us understand what lies ahead. Uh the short answer yes you can still get covid but you will not get a serious illness. That's point number 1. Point number 2 about the mutant strains these uh, actually as we know the uk variety the south african and the brazilian ones are already there and they are spreading across the world uh, you know we have a few cases uh, in india but uh, luckily we've been able to contain them but unless we are able to actually bring the number of infected people down and actually uh, prevent the spread of the infection be it by using uh, covid appropriate behavior or by vaccination the mutations are a part and parcel of a virus's uh, life and these will continue happening and so we have to be ready at some point of time we may even need to modify the vaccines that we have repurpose them so that they are also equally effective against the new strains it is said that uh, probably this uh, vaccines that we have are effective against the uk variant and maybe not so effective against the south african one and and so uh, when we talk of vaccinating the entire population very fast the constraints are of course the manufacturing capacity that we have uh, because you know there is a limit to that and it may take 2 years or more 
for the entire population to get vaccinated if all goes well. At the other end, we also have this that you don't want to vaccinate so quickly that, you know, then we are again thinking of revaccinating when another mutant strain comes. So everything is not uh, uh, so clear. This is not maths. This is, uh, you know, disease and health. And here two and two at times doesn't make four. So we have to actually keep titrating our response and our efforts to the unfolding disease. So I would say also that uh, we don't know how long our immunity is going to last. It is said that this pandemic will become uh, and this disease will become endemic and that we may need a yearly jab year on year in the future. But those are all conjectures. Those are all, uh, you know, uh, stuff that we presume based on the data that we have. And it's only in the months and years to come that the entire scenario is going to unfold. But I'm sure just as India as a nation, our scientists, our doctors, our healthcare workers have stood up to the challenge. The entire global community has come together to fight this disease. I'm sure anything which uh, modification which occurs in the future, we would be able to fight that as well together. So while things are getting better, it seems we may be in this for the long haul. The execution of the vaccine program may face issues. And as Dr. Mahajan cautioned, scientists and the medical fraternity will have to keep tweaking efforts and responses as and when the virus mutates. But for most of us, the message from the health experts is clear. Get the vaccine. The government will have to keep directing its resources towards the control of the pandemic and course correct as we go along. But we too have a role to play. Even after taking the vaccine, it is important we continue to follow the COVID-19 protocols to keep ourselves and others safe. Thank you, Dr. Mahajan and Nidhi for being on the episode and sharing very useful information with us. I'm Rachita Prasad and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. I hope this episode answered some of the lingering questions. Please share it with your friends and family and on social media to spread the word. This episode was edited by Anjali Venugopalan and coordinated by Shashwat Mohanty. We look forward to your feedback. Write to us at themorningbrief at timesgroup.com. The Morning Brief is every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and have a great day. Dot com.